Yeah. <laughs> is this test here, or are you just? This gonna... is, I'm I'm just plugged it in. Okay. I think. Okay, I got to redeem myself. Last time we had Adam on, I forgot to plug in the mixer Testing. into the phone. <laughs> Testing. So the sound was just god awful. Yeah. But I think we should be good. I can see everybody's smiling. Would you mind bringing up the stream quick to see yep. how the sound quality is? If you don't mind. Sure. I don't really care about how we start off. So <laughs> as long as it's good. Hey, we're live. Oh, we are live. Okay. But I just still see a picture of Kyle. Okay, talk in your mic. Like, oh, there I am. I, yeah, I think. Nice little delay. Testing. Yep. Okay. Testing. We're going to stop this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to drive ourselves nuts. Okay. Episode uh, 10, I think, yep. of Project Ion. We've got Dave Morin with us. Hi, Dave. How Howdy. Good. And we've got Adam Forsyth, too. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, Kyle over in his Hi. corner. Hey. Melting into the couch. Yep. Welcome to the gym show. <laughs> the gym <laughs> show. The coattail riding fellows over yeah. here. So, yeah. That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> Oh dear! Everybody had a good holiday. I think we got caught up on that somewhat. Well, before we were, hurting. mine was quite uneventful. We, it, it's been the first holiday season I've been able to spend a lot of time with my family. So mm -hmm. it's nice being able to move back and do some of the things that we used to do on Christmas and and just have it be kind of quiet and relaxed. So it was good. It was overdue by years. Yeah. Didn't really feel like a holiday. It's like what forty-five degrees out right now or today, and it was mild on christmas as well it's been weird yeah it's kind of it's kind of different but i have to say i don't even though it's kind of twilight zone-ish to see people at the park with shorts on yeah um is, i am not opposed or offended to that is this your first winner in iowa dave or is this your second this is my second winner okay and i have to say last winter felt very winter it sort of broke me yeah, in last year was yeah. a or doozy. broke me somewhere in between yeah <laughs> yeah this is strange so what one decent snowfall and that's about it yeah. so far this year yeah so. it's, it's unusual like weather. Yeah, yeah if we can get through like another couple of weeks of pretty mild weather that'll kind of cut the heart out of it yeah i, I think hope so so you think if we like if february is kind of the worst of it well february march we've had some of the worst snowstorms in april Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, I mean, realistically speaking, we still could get snow for five more months. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the chances of that, given you know the current condition of our climate, is pretty small. But yeah. Well, I mean, I guess when I think about the nastiest parts of winter, for me, often it's in regard to the cold. And yeah, it, it seems like just this is anecdotal, of course, but. In my memory, the coldest parts of the year are often, you know, January, February, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah end of so, January, February, yeah. and beginning of March, maybe. So, yeah, I mean, if we can get a couple of weeks into January and have it be pretty mild, I'll take that all day long. But I mean, for me, the big deal is if it's below zero, you know, when the car won't start, when I have to put my dog in a moon suit to go take a leak, <laughs> that's when it's like kind of a drag yeah. snow doesn't bother me so yeah. much exactly well, now we used to play outside when they called off school because of the yeah. snow 
Yeah. We'd spend all day, or because of the, the cold. You know? mm-hmm. Windshield of 50 blows zero. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, you were originally from southern New Mexico. Well, yeah. I'm actually from northern New Mexico, northern New Mexico, but moved from southern New Mexico. Okay. And it's kind of interesting. I'm sure, like, it takes a good six feet of snow for them to call off for school or whatever but down there it's like oh it's an inch no school yeah <laughs> so which, which part of southern new mexico like the marfa area or further west Las, well west of there basically okay. um I love marfa. las cruces okay so like i don't know 45 minutes west of el paso directly gotcha. basically the desert down there is one of my favorite places yeah it's pretty neat no it's different sure. no allergies huh no allergies <laughs> yeah your uh, tour of Roswell. Uh, I've done the whole Roswell done museum the alien, thing. Yeah, done the alien, uh, alien so highway. Are you a believer? <laughs> oh, oh, are we gonna start? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole can of worms. You on the spot. The conspiracy route. Here we go. I, I'm gonna say yes and no. <laughs> like, I'm not like sold necessarily on the abduction end of it necessarily although i find it intriguing and interesting i'm not sold on it but like i don't know i've certainly there's just way too much evidence probably like, some weird stuff going on there i would assume like when the u.s air force has released those of jet fighters going what is that thing and stuff like i don't know what are you supposed to say about yeah. that i mean there's just too much documentation of very weird things that don't seem to um abide by our knowledge of physics i guess so um, what about you said you weren't sold on the abduction side of the story what about it doesn't convince you uh i guess okay so i tend to be kind of so okay full disclosure i guess for all of our millions of listeners um <laughs> i uh so when i lived in phoenix i got kind of interested myself just because I've seen some weird things in the sky that are pretty undeniably weird um, myself. Um, and so I was sort of interested for that reason. And then I started reading probably a lot. And then, so I got kind of involved with that community down there. And you quickly realize there are a lot of people that are just kind of crazy. Yeah. They're, you know, you see purple haired, pink haired ladies that are like oh yeah i talk to the aliens every day through my crystals or whatever <laughs> and, you know and you just don't you're like eh, you realize that a lot of people are kind of i'm not necessarily going to say they're liars although there are those too there are also people that are just kind of detached from reality or something kind of loosey-goosey with between understanding like imagination and reality and not really drawing a line there yeah go, go ahead adam do you have something yeah. to say well no i i was i was just thinking that you know kind of along those exact same lines you know traumatic things happen to people at certain points in their life and you know mentally they block it out but they have to try to find a reason for it so you know i could see somebody saying well it must have been aliens mm-hmm. but uh yeah, you know, um, have you? I mean, we've all seen Contact, I'm sure, right? Sure. That's um, with Jody yeah, Foster. Foster, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's a line in there that says something along the lines of, you know, if the chances of life on 
a rock in the middle of a universe are a billion to one, then there should still be hundreds of millions of civilizations oh, yeah. out there somewhere. Statistically, sure. it's undeniable that there's probably some form of intelligent life elsewhere in the universe, but I'm on the... Uh, I, I don't know, I'm kind of a denier that that intelligent life has ever visited Earth. I'm not sure if that's plausible, but I don't know. And would that be using an intelligence definition that would be similar to our own uh, way we yeah. like, you know, yeah. look at our consider ourselves to be yeah. intelligent well, life? It's a right? very good point. Yeah. Yep, I, I would, would assume so. Yeah, right. So well just just the distances yeah, involved. It's just I mean, crazy. Like what how what's the diameter of the Milky Way? Like a hundred thousand light years or something? Yeah. Or what, yeah, I don't I couldn't yeah. tell you off the top of my head, but it's right. something crazy. And that's just the well, one the diameter of the Milky Way, it's it's like a couple is it like a hundred million light years or something? I right, let's look it up. We got the internet. <laughs> we do. Yeah. And then uh trying to remember back to that one astronomy class I had back at the University of Northern Iowa in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers are pretty... Here's the first thing that pops up. The numbers are pretty astounding. NASA estimates a galaxy at 100,000 light years across. Oh, that was way off! <laughs> Since one light year is about 9.5 times 10, 12 kilometers, so the diameter of the Milky Way is... Yeah, what it insane regardless yeah, and that's I mean, that's yeah. a galaxy right, right? yeah just yeah just one galaxy so and then you think of well scientists now have speculated that they know the the, the diameters of our of the universe as a whole and it's like 200 billion light years and that's it and growing and growing yep. exponentially um and it's actually growing at an ever-increasing speed each passing day which is yep which is cool and what is it expanding into what are we bordering on that's sucking us in? Well, I mean, it's <laughs> the concept of nothing is pretty interesting as well. I mean, so space obviously is something, but if our universe is expanding, like you said, what's it expanding into? I mean, there has to be a, a vessel or a container, I would assume. But you know, if you if you take that line of of logic and reason kind of all the way to its you know conclusion, you know, planets down the road we'll talk about stars as a hypothetical yeah because they won't be able to see yep, them won't be able to see them not crazy hmm. yeah, that is crazy anyway wow however <laughs> what i want to say is like we have a very i mean this whole idea like we can't wrap our head there's no real explanation for why the ex the universe is growing at an accelerating rate there's no good like, there's no explanation, really. So, I mean, that's a very fundamental question mark. And to me, it kind of underscores, like, well, no matter what we opine about anything, it's kind of like what you were referencing about our definition of intelligence. Like, what does that even look like? Mm. I mean, we, we were gonna, what we're talking about is something that looks like human intelligence. But, I mean, there's a lot of arguments to be made that might say, well, are we really that smart, if you really think no, about God, it? No. I don't know. Uh, We've only had, what, oh, 60,000 years, 60 to 100,000 years to evolve. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And it's to me, it's pretty clear there, there are some weaknesses or glitches in our programming that are kind of glaring and problematic. But, uh, 
I guess what I'm trying to say is we have these like fundamental problems of physics that are pretty huge and like basic and so unanswerable unanswerable or at least unanswered yeah. which leads me to think that there's a lot of unknown Isn't unknowns the way of a lot of discovery science though you know every question that you answer creates 10 more questions that you yep. can answer or need to answer yep. for sure Man, I feel like we need to be we got really like, high level listening quick. to some yeah. Floyd or something in the yeah, background. We should have <laughs> eased in a little bit, yeah, for sure. Contemplating the depths of the universe. That's right. Dave, if you wouldn't mind like, kind of talking a little bit about your background and your education and stuff like that. Everybody sort of knows the three of us. All, <laughs> I mean, our limited viewership, So, but you're sort of a new guy, so would you mind kind of filling us in give us a cliff notes of cliff notes yeah. okay um all right so i got my undergrad <laughs> in psychology and music from unm which is in albuquerque and then i went off and did a bunch of little jobs doing all sorts of little things then i decided to go back i kind of fell into like environmental consulting I did that in the Four Corners area and around Phoenix. And How do you go from being a psychology and music major to environmental consulting? I don't know that I have a good answer for that. <laughs> All that I can say is that I kind of floundered and did some different things, and I sort of immediately realized that I didn't want to sit in a room and listen to people's problems for yeah. 40 hours a week. I kind of did some different things i worked in healthcare some and then i decided that i didn't want to be indoors all the time and um i sort of I, I took just a bunch of random classes here and there about all sorts of things and plants kind of i enjoyed being outside and i enjoyed science i always sort of did i was sort of saw my science direction one way or the other and so i thought being outdoors would be fun and then I got a job in the Four Corners area and just liked plants a lot. And, I, and truth be told, I had kind of a mentor in that area from growing up from way back when, and I sort of went that direction. And then, then I went back and got a master's degree at uh, NMSU doing in biology, doing this kind of microsatellite genetic work with a bunch of rare mustard in the mustard family in the whole west west um, from like idaho west into oregon and south into um california the sierra nevada you're a so, mustard connoisseur then, I a little bit or at least one <laughs> tiny little section of the mustard family i could tell you way more than you would ever want to hear. so i know that mustard the mustard family of plants includes a lot more than the mustard as we think of it i mean what what other plants might we have heard of that are in the mustard family we may not realize okay that's a good question <laughs> um so there are a lot of them there so oh let's see so not to put you off horseradish the is in the mustard family radishes are in the mustard family whoa yeah is and actually Radishes are in the mustard family, huh? Yeah. Wow. And if you sit back and think, a lot of, like, horseradish kind of has that spicy, a little bit of spice to it. Yeah. Okay. And radishes have a similar... Mm -hmm. So often you can just tell the family, if 
I'm not advising this by any means, but if you take a little bite of the leaf or something, you can tell right away oh. often. Okay. Um, so things like broccoli, asparagus, cabbage, they're all different cultivars of the same species, mm -hmm. which is Brassica oleracea, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Mind-blowing if you think about it. So it's one species that has been sort of given the, the domesticated dog treatment. Sure. Sort of. We've just sort of bred really all these different oh, okay. different uh, varieties that would probably quickly disappear if they weren't, you know, yeah. controlled how they... Right. Propagate them. Okay. Right. They would just sort of become. They would sort of dive back into a species mutt, <laughs> centralized. Crossbreed like a horseradish and a radish. Um, maybe I can't say for certain. I can say that plants in general have uh, a unique ability to crossbreed. Sometimes not even from like across species but across genera from genus <clears throat> to genus it's a very so plants can breed their breeding is much more plastic okay so and then i mean because i know you can't you know breed like you know your neighbor and the dog right um, but with a plant family you, you or with plants you kind of can S sometimes you can okay. yes and uh it's Plants are pretty trippy in the way that they can reproduce. They have much more plasticity. There are some species of plants that don't reproduce sexually at all. They're just clones, and that's the only way they reproduce. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, so it's kind of neat, actually. There's a thing called mother of millions, which is a species of plant that it's kind of a, you know, people grow them for, you know, to put in their office window or whatever. And they're pretty, they're pretty neat plants, but they don't, they don't reproduce. They don't flower ever. They just um, make little babies on the edge of their leaves and they just fall off. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. And all, and plants are fantastic. What a, the, the largest organism in the world, isn't that an aspen grove out west somewhere? Or is it a... That is certainly one theory. There are some folks that think that actually fungi make bigger, but yes. Okay. In theory, that is my understanding that an aspen grove is the largest by mass single organism. Hmm. Yes. And interestingly, they haven't reproduced by seed since the last ice age for whatever really? reason yeah they just well, I know when propagate you by from later you've got 20 right they um, yeah they just propagate by you know roots they one tree kind of makes shoots out, shoots out another you know sucker 20 feet away and they just uh, expand outward like that to trace back to the original aspen exactly. yeah. <laughs> one that. common aspen <laughs> yeah so, and something about, I, I don't remember, recall the details, but they have to be, the seeds are extremely picky to get them to germinate. They have mm -hmm. to be like a certain cold or wet or dry or something. In other words, they never germinate unless. Mm -hmm. The conditions have to be just ideal. Right. And those conditions haven't been met since for thousands of years, That's basically. Yeah. Well, you know, with evolution, they have to find another way to continue well, you know, with the population. So. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That's really cool. And so some plants, given depending on uh, depending on how they, it could be like, you know, um, if they're under stress, they'll they'll just they'll reproduce, they'll self 
pollinate. Okay. So they're sort of uh, hermaphrodites. Mm -hmm. And then other times, if the conditions are right, they'll flower out and then they'll try to pollinate each other. Mm -hmm. So they can do a lot of different You're wacky things. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You're the plant. I can tell you all about plants, man. And <laughs> they're like so strange. Like some some species will have only male plants and then only female plants, you know, and then some species will have like the male and female flowers on the same plant, but they're separate. So corn would be an example of that. Mm -hmm. And then some plants have the male and female in the same flower. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I know like some fruit tree, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm kind of dominating. No, no. go for it. Um, Cause I know some, some fruit trees, you know, some can self pollinate, but others, they have to have another, another tree of a different type in order to be able to produce fruit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then some plants, this is, you know, I, I mean, this was certainly true in the group of plants I was studying. Some plants will produce seed, but not even pollinate it. They just produce viable seed kind of immaculately. Kind of like <laughs> a chicken produces an egg that's unfertilized. Right. But then, you know, it, a chick would come out of that. All even Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Immaculate seed production. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So, <clears throat> go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, I know where you're going. If uh, you don't mind, I want to steer us into the GMO thing. So okay. last week we talked about, and the, the kind of the threshold question prompt we had was, should producers be required to label genetically engineered foods? So the background there is, you know, Currently, GMO foods in the United States are not classified differently by the FDA mm -hmm. and do not require labeling. And there's no reports of ill effects from GMO foods that have been documented, but ag advocacy groups like Greenpeace and the Organic Consumers Association argue that past studies cannot be trusted. They were sponsored by pro-GMO companies and do not measure the long-term effects on humans, the environment, and nature. Mm. Opponents argue that labeling adds an unfounded stigma over organic foods and that if a nutritional or allergenic difference were found, current FDA regulations would already require a label. So could you kind of walk us through the basics of some of that? I am pretty perplexed by... And let's talk about the other argument. I mean, you know, people have been genetically modifying things for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds That's of years. That's very true. You know, ever since that... I can't remember his name, you know, genetically modified that bean 100, 150 years ago, or maybe not that long ago. You know, we've been we've been altering things for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see. Can we start maybe from the beginning? Can you let, I'm sure you probably can. Can you walk us through like and explain it like it's like we're five, how <laughs> to genetically modify something like what what are the steps in that process and, yeah and then like what oh. constitutes a gmo too that yeah. i mean that can be a little perplexing so i can't i i don't know much about the exact like protocol for how they do it uh what i do know is that they'll often do things like use viruses and cook up like viruses are pretty neat often they can that's exactly what they do is they will insert their own DNA into a strip of DNA and then, you know, 
cause a cell to f proliferate itself, right? It's their own DNA within the DNA strand that's like... It's like a virus in humans. Right, right. And so they can use viruses, kind of, they can sort of hijack that viral technology um, to inject other DNA, for example. Um, something, for example, say you may have, I don't know, glowworm genes to make you know, your tomato plant glow or whatever. I don't, I don't know much about the exact science. I do know that that is one way that I know of. And now, you know, so that they have this viral technology where they kind of just hijack what the virus can do and they can, it'll steal DNA from some other source. Could be anything. It could be um, some bacterium could be from a snail could be from you know any source really mm -hmm. and uh they've been able to do some pretty cool things with that or maybe from another plant right so okay um actually yeah. there's a couple comments in our stream i think i don't know who this is but eureka morrison thought the scientist might have been mendel for the original bean oh um, yeah, that that doesn't rock from Sixth grade biology. Yeah. Mrs. Right. <laughs> so Mendel figured out, he figured out that there are recessive and dominant traits, sure. basically. Oh, the Punnett squares? Right, exactly. Oh, the Punnett the squares. squares. <laughs> They're not that bad, really, yeah. but you might have thought so biology. in the seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't genetically modify anything. He just figured out that, you know, if you mate either a heterozygous, you know, it's got the mix of the dominant pat, um, regressive re recessive traits that you may get a certain proportion that have both recessive traits and then you get like a wrinkled pea instead of a you know supple yeah. green pea or something mm -hmm. like that yep. I there's a well I'll save that for another conversation that's more natural selection than it is uh, <laughs> genetically all organisms but um so GMOs, what uh, what's our consensus here? I'm I'm too ignorant to really formulate an opinion. I'm more political than anything on this mm -hmm. GMO subject, so I it's hard for me to make a scientific argument for or against. I have I have very limited knowledge, but I have just enough to be just stupid about it. Um, so, I mean, I've read a couple books, like uh, Grain Brain is one where they um, talk about how we've taken, you know, wheat, the, you know, one of the basic of all human cultivated crops, and um, essentially genetically modified it so it, it produces a much higher yield without any consequence to the reduction in the nutritional quality of it. And so that's why we have so many issues now with things like, um, well, like, you know, wheat belly or um, um, the gluten... Or celiac, disease. celiac disease. Celiac You're disease. looking at them. Um, have you read Grain Brain? No, I have celiac disease. Well, you should read Grain Brain. Yeah. It's just an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so, like, you have diagnosed Diag celiac yep. disease. It's they, not common. They actually. went up and I got the blood test. And uh, um, for our sensitive viewers, I had the scrape of the intestinal wall. So oh. it was it was confirmed. But it's uh, my dad has it too, as does my brother. So it's hereditary. But um, hmm. 
yeah, I get I get kind of annoyed when people are, oh, I'm gluten sensitive or something. You know, I'm like, wow. Well, that's become <laughs> that's become kind of it's kind of like fashionable yeah, in yeah, a yeah, sense. Yeah. I'm not gonna say that it's not a real thing. I don't know. I don't think it is. <laughs> There's yeah. like trendy is the right word to use yeah. because when when they started talking about people with gluten sensitivity and celiac disease, all of a sudden I knew. 50 people who had it. Yeah. Mm. Um, when I'd never heard them complain about, you know, eating it's, a slice of pizza. Celiac disease is different week. than. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Celiac disease is diagnosed. Like that's a bona fide, yep. like, yep. It's unquestioning. Like that's yeah. oh, I've that's been around him when he gets it gluted is the word. You get gluted, oh, it's huh? awful, yeah. Isn't it? It's like it's like I need to go home now. Driving eight <laughs> miles an hour home through yeah. Superior. Yeah. <laughs> So nope. can you drink beer, nope. for example? No well, beer. There are some gluten-free beers. I think they make it from what, um, rice. Rice, yeah. The rice protein is um, fine, and then uh, like hard ciders you can drink. Sure, but yeah, um, mostly you know I stick to your. So like even the most minute quantity of wheat will send you on a glute. Yeah. Yeah. Freak yeah, out not or good. illness it, or not good. episode. Right. I guess is yeah. the word. There mm. are some. Some levels of intensity, like I, I hate to use the word sensitive, but some celiac people have kind of a higher tolerance, whatever they like towards how much intake they can they can take of, of mm. the protein. But um, I'm kind of right on the edge where if I have like I don't know if you were to offer me half a sandwich of just regular bread and I ate it, I'd probably I'd I'd be going home in about 15 minutes. You you would pay for that sandwich yeah, yeah <laughs> i would definitely would but there was actually a supplement you know i just thought maybe you know just maybe i could take this supplement it was one of those gimmicks that you see on amazon or something some ad that pops up on your screen and so we ordered it and it's like a gluten uh gluten digest is what it's called and so i took i started eating some regular pizza again and um I had my first Chinese meal in about three, four years, and then just like that, bang, it's like game over. So Was it the same day that you ate the Chinese yeah. food? Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is it didn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as a science teacher, I should have known better that uh, those gimmick pills are just a rock. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was that was a poor choice. But I do I do sympathize for all my fellow celiacs out there, not for those Hollywood gluten-sensitive people. But. Mm. Um, getting back to the GMO thing a little bit, um, just because I, I had a thought that I thought would be kind of fun to wrap up. So, you know, I, I, a big name when it comes to GMOs and crops is Monsanto and how they have genetically modified, you know, corn and beans um, so they are not susceptible to... Is it the, the glyphosate salts? Glyphosate. Glyphosate. Roundup, basically. Oh, close. Yeah, Roundup. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe not the, the genetic modification itself, but the results of the genetic modification. I mean, do we, do you know if we end up ingesting it? Does, does any of that chemical get into our food supply? Um, I can... I, I've read up on some of this, but I'm not going to like say, okay, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an well, we expert on that. But what I'm going to say is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course it winds up in your food supply. I mean, um, what I've read is it doesn't 
break down that quickly mm-hmm. in the environment. And so that means that it just winds up in the wa- water supply. And now, is that dangerous? That's another question. Maybe. Um, I have to say that. Okay, so if the question is labeling, I mean, broadly speaking, I think that labeling, there's nothing wrong with requiring people to tell you, you know, did we use a virus to cook up this particular, you know, like that's different than breeding, Mm -hmm. right? Like wheat has been bred over thousands of years. And it's true. It's different than it was than if you were to, you know, dig up wheat from a thousand BC somewhere in the Fertile Crescent, right? It's different. It's going to be different. Now it's much beefier. Um, and it's going to have a certain yield and, uh, that's probably much higher than what they would have had back then. Um, you know, but to make something genetically modified to put up with a certain, you know, pesticide that's cooked up like on a commercial scale in a lab somewhere, so I, I personally think that that's more problematic and f- more frightening is not so much the genetically modified, but rather what it's used for. Yeah. Because then you have all this cascade effects, right? You kill off God knows what else, mm-hmm. right? And then there's like the bees issue and pollinators issue and all these other things. And maybe people are sensitive and there are certain things that seem to be happening and nobody knows why, like autism and, you know, strange food allergies and sensitivities seem to be on the rise. Um, you know, and some of that may be trendy, but if autism were just like a, like a diagnosis trend, then you would see more diagnoses in older people. So I think that there's something more going on there. I don't know. I I just kind of have, I feel like the real problem is not, genetic modification because sometimes genetic modification is fewer pesticides so for example like i'm a big fan of papaya i i don't know i just like papaya a lot and the fact that it's genetically modified means that i can afford it and it also means that they have to use fewer you know chemicals on it Mm -hmm. it makes it more resistant to some disease in the tropics or whatever um so so that's a good thing, I guess. But this the monoculture, like where you have basically one genetic, you know, phenotype, and you just plant one huge field over it, field after field after field. I mean, that carries certain risks mm-hmm. that that are real. And so I I think that you know labeling GMO is not that big of a deal. But I do think that um, it's sort of when people are just like, oh, GMO is bad, and like that's the end of the conversation. It's oversimplified and really like it misidentifies the real bad part, which to me is more like chemical use. Yeah. So it's not the GMO itself, it's the indirect consequences of genetically modifying that organism or what further purposes. <clears throat> right. Right. I actually, that's exactly how I would feel about it too. You said something in there, Dave that I wanted to push on a little bit. Um, you made a sort of a distinction between the use, like the using the virus technique. And it seemed to me like you were 
kind of calling that GMO as opposed to what you talked about, the breeding thing with wheat. Mm -hmm. So last week when we talked about this a little bit, we were having a hard time making that distinction because we weren't really sure what constituted a GMO in the first place. So, okay, I take my Honeycrisp apple and my Gala apple or something like that and mix them together and make a different kind of apple. Is that GMO then? It wouldn't. It, that's that's just breeding. That's just, okay, so it's controlled breeding, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, English cattle are actually aurochs, which are now extinct, right? And so they're much more docile. You know, mm -hmm. they don't have the big horns and stuff. No, well, yeah, not as much, right? Um, and so they've been selected to where they're right. basically. I mean, it's like if you look at a chihuahua, it doesn't look anything. I mean, it kind of looks like a wolf, but not, you would be, you would probably laugh yeah, if somebody so said, oh, that came animals, from that. We're talking about basic animal husbandry. Right. There's breeding. Breeding is a different thing than, like, making these, you know, and, it, and then the other, the other, there's another element here in that, um, and I, again, I'm not probably overstepping my knowledge on the matter, but. You know, for like Monsanto, they have their Roundup Ready seeds, and they're only good for one generation. So you have to buy their seeds year after year, and they have kind of this clamp of control over over that. And if you know, and there's all, I mean, so you're basically getting their one seed that you know. And so you, when when you start letting things breed, you know, sort of willy nilly, you can lose. Um, whatever traits that you were liked so much to begin with. So apples would be an example, really. You turned in back, you know, 150 years ago, you know, if you ever eat a crab apple, it's kind of bitter. Mm -hmm. You can kind of suck the juice out and it's kind of yummy maybe, or but it might be real bitter. And if you eat the flesh, it might make you sick. And so that's, so now they've, you know, it's so the, to make a nice, sweet, crunchy, delicious apple, you have to find a genetic type, and then they just graft it over and over again. And that if it starts to interbreed with whatever else, then you might lose that. And so, um, you know, 150 years ago, apples, for that reason, were mostly used to make cider. They weren't, or to feed pigs. <laughs> like, people didn't just pick an apple and eat it yes. so much. Um, it's been grafted and, you know, bred for that single trade and then they graft it over and over again so interesting yeah yep just like going from wolf to dog or yeah yeah or, or you know and poodle to labradoodle i think we, labradoodle, yeah. we golden doodles yeah. golden doodles yeah, yeah i think we were making some of those analogies yeah but the virus thing i mean to me it, it, the, the lay person here sounds more mad scientist-y sure sort of than what i thought and it, so, I, I can I can see why people would maybe be a little bit have sort of a knee jerk reservations to to that kind of thing, as opposed to what I thought was GMO with just simple breeding of plants. But that's not the case yeah. from what I'm gathering, learning from you now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Although you know, breeding plants, just breeding, like I said, you know. Brassica oleracea is like, you know, it's cabbage, it's kale, it's Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and uh, cauliflower. It's all one species that has been, you know, a, a, it's, you know, the analogy would be the wolf. You get all these different 
everything from a chihuahua, but they're all wolves, <laughs> sort of. Um, I don't know. So, but is that problematic? I don't think so. I mean, that's just people selecting traits, right? What do you? So part of that question too was that there had been no like ill effects reported or something from the GMO. What did I say exactly? It was help me out here. Oh, well, I don't have a. Yeah, well, I know what you're getting at. I mean, it's, yeah, I, th I thought it was something along the lines of although there had been no like side effects or something, right. mm -hmm. they, they, then the argument was, oh yeah, but the studies were funded by my yeah the GMO you know, by the yeah. GMO companies, and that do you have a take on any of that at all? Or well, I certainly think that a study funded by some corporation is going to be suspect. I mean. If you get your money, I mean, that's there's a word for that. That's conflict of interest, right? Yeah. Yeah, just on its face, it would be... <laughs> it's sort of obvious to me very, that... You'd be, you should be skeptical of it. I that think. any science that's yeah. funded by some company that's looking for an answer, well, if you don't give them that answer, they'll find someone who will, right? Well, it's just like the sugar industry was the one who said that fat was bad in the 50s. And so we made everything fat-free and added sugar to, to fix the taste. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, how long have we been eating GMO products, though? I mean, I, I oh, man, good question. I, mean, how do you, how do you I think probably like the 70s is okay. my guess. Maybe the 80s. So, I mean, Not sure. you know, when, we're, when we're talking about GMO, um, you know, we have been genetically modifying things for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, that's what husbandry is. That's what selective breeding is. That's what, I mean, where where do you draw the line that, oh, no, this is not selective breeding, this is a GMO. I mean, just because we use science to maybe, maybe focus in and target on a smaller part of the picture, I mean, is, is that what we call a GMO? Because, you know, now that we can, we can take DNA and splice it in, does that make it... A, I mean, really, that's what we were doing before. You know, that's what we've been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years as we we're cultivating crops, as we we're doing animal husbandry and all that kind of stuff. So what do you define as GMO in the way that this liberal population is so afraid of it? I mean, that, that's kind of a big question. Yeah, I mean, I think time will tell, too. I, I, have, I have a tough problem, or I have a tough um tough time grasping the idea that uh, yeah, i've been alive for 28 years i've probably been eating gmo products for 28 years and i don't know i mean i i guess <laughs> i don't know it's part like i said a lot of it's political for me i just i have a problem with um throwing a label on something like this is genetically modified and then God, it's hard to make this point <laughs> what can I compare it to um, are you sort of getting it like if it turns out to not be that big of a deal then why are we putting a label on it right in the first place right and Coming like I, my in-laws are all farmers, and uh, the seed industry is just 
mass i mean in the agriculture industry like you said you have to buy new seed each year you can't just you know replant the seed that mm-hmm. comes with the, yeah you not plant, even so. if you if, if sorry to interrupt no, you real quick but i've looked at a few of those legal agreements that you have to sign when you buy that seed corn and it's like yeah if you think crazy. Of, you know mortgaging your house is bad yeah mm-hmm. it's take wild. a look at a monsanto seed deal because yeah. they'll mm-hmm. come out they'll send like guys yeah. in black suits and come after you yeah. it's crazy mm-hmm. i have yeah i've seen some of those um documentaries too and they're i mean is that i i honestly don't know i assume there is a level of truth to it i don't know what level of truth that is but i you know as with everything nowadays, when I hear something, I'm automatically skeptical a little bit. Mm. Um, I mean, do they do that? Well, you're, have you heard of any farmers around here being attacked by Monsanto because, you know, they were not using a genetically modified crop and some pollen came over on a windy day? And- yeah, no, I haven't heard about anything like that anecdotally. No, I think, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if a lot of people plant Monsanto crops around here. I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of other... Uh, regional dealers that are pretty big i think that are are locally that like farmers pioneer and back and decalb decalb yeah, yeah. um hmm. that i know more farmers around this area like to go locally than than um you know bigger business like monsanto but i wouldn't be surprised with the company that size and and the amount of money that goes into that stuff that they i mean they they take that stuff pretty seriously so yeah well that's just it. They put all that expense into it, so they want to protect their product mm. to the greatest extent yeah. that they can get away with. And, I mean, okay, whatever. You yeah. don't have to buy from them. And furthermore, they're publicly traded, and yeah. so that means that they're going to protect their profit margins yeah. to whatever yeah. extent they right. can get away with under the law or perhaps beyond. Yeah. So, I, You know, and when we, when we get to the... When we think about you know GMOs and kind of the heart of the, the issue, I don't think that there's anything that we consume that is not genetically modified in some way, shape, or form, or hasn't been for for a long, long time. So those organic grapes and those organic bananas and that organic beef and that organic everything that you are spending three times as much on in the grocery store is organic, but it's genetically modified and has been for forever. Well, there's more to organic than that, right? So, like, like that means that you're not, so there's genetically modified, but usually, almost always, the end makes something pesticide or herbicide resistant. So that means that they're using pesticides and herbicides, and those have not been used for that long, since the 40s, I think. There were no, you know, uh, commercially, there were no, like, mass chemically produced you know, herbicides or pesticides or even fertilizers prior to that time. And so this is relatively new. And those some of them do have the potential to build up in the environment. Oh, I, I don't know. With Yeah, without a doubt, I totally agree with you on the pesticide issue and the chemicals and all that kind of stuff. But I guess my, my thought is with the genetic modification, I mean, I don't think there's any way we can really get away from it. Oh, yeah, with the, the population we have to feed now, I mean... To go in all organic to try to get a yield to to just make ends meet on a farm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. Well, I think it's uh, it's. And I guess my point to that was, even if you're eating all organic, you're still eating genetically modified. Yeah. You're still eating genetically modified food, um, because you can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. It's just you know we have been you know cultivating and propagating these 
um, these crops through selective breeding for so long, you know, no matter how far out of your way you go, you can't get away from it, even if you're buying all organic, I guess was my point. Yeah, sure. I so, agree. Yeah. Unless you have a time machine, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or you hunt and gather. But, but, I, but, I, but there is a difference. There is a difference from, you know, breeding your crops old school or breeding your dogs or your cows or your pigs. That's different than, you know, using some cooked up virus in a lab and like, sure. you know, <laughs> pressure chambers and all this crazy right. stuff. That's a yeah. different thing. So you're right. Like, where do you draw the line? I mean, but that's, that's sort of the big question for all sorts of things, right? It's like saying, you know, to use like an analogy when, you know, athletes use all these different methods to improve their performance. Where do you draw the line? Right? Like, I think there's some interesting questions there. Like, hyperbaric chambers have become now illegal by the Olympic Committee, which is basically you sleep in a chamber where that's like low pressure and low oxygen, and it boosts, it's a natural way to increase your the density of red blood cells, right? Cupping is what well, that was a big fad a few years ago wasn't it yeah. suction cupping yeah everybody walking around with oh my gosh bruises right all over. <laughs> just look terrible yeah or what the other thing is or you take some drug that does it which is like flat out illegal that's yeah. performance enhancing but these things do this exact same thing as if you know if you're a runner and you go like train in the himalaya you're doing the same thing it's the same i like that analogy comparing um PEDs to GMOs, that's kind of Right, and then like, you know, if Tiger Woods gets, you know, LASIK, is that cheating? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I, I mean, you have, but you have, but lines, and most people would agree, I think, that some sort of lines need to be drawn somewhere, right? It's like, or, or the age of consent, right? You have to just sort of draw a line somewhere and say, that's yes. it. <laughs> like, yeah. it, there's always going to be like gray area but lines have to be drawn somewhere. Yeah, right. So should we answer the overall question? The label GMO be on yeah. edible products. I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't. I honestly don't think it matters one way or the other. I don't either. I think you know the the label of you know, hey, this was grown pesticide free, or you know, these animals were not raised in a barn; they were you know grass fed. I think that has far more impact on our nutrition. Um, and overall the road than just you know GMO on the label. Mm -hmm. That's me. So okay. Um, so I guess the question was, should it be required for companies to slap this is genetically yeah, modified so. on? Yeah, I agree. I I don't think it should be required. I think maybe uh, the trend for this generation is to eat organic and all that stuff, which is fine. I mean, whatever you want to do. So I think there's a benefit to labeling it non-GMO, you know, yeah. organically grown. So, but to require that is um, probably a step over in my opinion. But mm. so, Dave, do you fall in a? I yeah, I kind of have. I, I I feel like the jury's still out for me. Mostly, I think probably not necessary like the gmo to me it's kind of like what they, those guys were saying like to me the gmo is not really the issue it's pesticides and herbicides and you know 
yeah, I think cooked up fertilizers and stuff like that's far more. And so they're, they're we already have that, right? The organic label yep. or non-organic yep. label and things. Mm. And yep. but on the other hand, what do you lose by requiring labels? I don't know. If you buy a bottled water, they have to put the nutrition label on it. And <laughs> is it silly and ridiculous, or or a pack of gum? Do I need to know that there's three calories in it? I I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> is the stigma bad enough to, for uh, you know, for these labels and that? I, I, I haven't run into anybody, I guess, in my own life that has been that big of a spaz on no, and maybe not stuff is GMO. I'm, and maybe yeah. that's just where we, you know, our, our confinement here in Northwest you know I mean? Iowa. Like, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's <laughs> that. That is entirely possible. That yeah. this is. You're right. This We're is in our not bubble here. So. This is not like Santa Fe or yeah. you know, <laughs> Santa Cruz or whatever. You know, I have I've lived in enough interesting places where, yeah, there were people who did make a big deal about GMO stuff, and then you know they would buy their organic Honeycrisp apples, or their you know whatever they're going to buy that's organic that is still you know modified in some way, shape, or form. I mean, yeah, I, people get crazy over it because you know. Somebody put in the news, hey, GMO's bad. Um, kind of like, oh, what was that? Jim Carrey's wife. You know, the the negative impact that she had had on, you know, vaccination. I, I, uh, yeah, there are people that make, make it... <laughs> make it a bigger deal than it should be but i i don't think that label should be required i think yeah it's just yeah it's actually a few pretty good comments here in our chat um olbador says at the end of the day people will buy what they can afford regardless um well that is a fact Jack. i yeah i totally agree with that i mean oh for sure um Some right people, all they can afford is you know mcdonald's dollar cheeseburgers and that's, yeah 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 yeah, you buy it organic when you can afford it if it's important. Right. But, you know, for that matter, I'm the same way. I'll buy what I can afford. Yep. Yeah, that's. What, I was going to say something about that, I think, a minute ago. It's like, well, you know, when I'm buying food typically the first thing I look at is price tag oh, and yeah. then I'll flip it to the nutrition facts and give a rundown yeah. and see like, well, how many grams of sugar does this have? Do I really want mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing the price, you know, of, of in this produce is absolutely crazy i mean <laughs> to buy a freaking bag of apples compared to a bag of yeah. chips no wonder mm-hmm. i mean yeah. it's just it's wild mm-hmm. but well a big reason for that is chips have shelf life it can true. sit on the shelf yeah. for months you know yeah. but a bag of apples is going to have a shelf life That's very and they're going to have a lot of loss given yeah. the fact that boy i was watching and i'm it was a story about a Michelin star chef in Italy. Um, I can't think of his name. He said, we throw something like a trillion apples away every year. Hmm. And when we're throwing that much produce away, why have it be so expensive? It's cheaper for people to buy hamburger helper. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, yeah. you know, it, isn't it, aren't the grocery stores better off knocking the price down a little bit, having everybody buy produce, as opposed to keeping the price to a point where they're going to be throwing sixty percent of it away? Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's, that would be a, a massive, massive undertaking to try and get our population to buy more produce. <laughs> but the the ethics is there for sure. Yeah, well, there's a lot 
there to consider. I think, I mean, generally, I mean, grains are subsidized. Produce, not so much, for one. And then there's water content, which mm. makes things heavier, right? Like potato chip is pretty much dehydrated. Air. Yeah, <laughs> right, it's air. <laughs> and it's got a much longer shelf life. Um, and so for those reasons, it they're more profitable in a sense right whereas if they're out if you know the stores out there just picking through stuff things going bad or getting ugly or whatever and they just end up throwing away half of what they bring in sure dave there's a question for you in chat that says um what does it mean specifically when you say to cook up a virus Ah, that's a good question, and I don't have, there are a number of protocols, and I don't remember them off the top of my head, but um, (laughs) there are ways to inject, and yeah, that I don't even remember the name. A little bit and see if I'm close. Sure. Um, (laughs) So, you know, is it is it perhaps something along the lines of you know taking, you know, taking a virus, you know, like a, a plant virus, and extracting a portion of its DNA, um, and splicing that into something else? Or well, and then I, if I were, if memory serves, again, so this like is splicing like splicing different DNA. You can take so so, and then maybe and then another. I think that they can actually use bacteria as well. So bacteria are interesting in that they can pass DNA just like, here, have some DNA. And the other one's like, oh, thanks, here, have some of my DNA. And it's not like sexual or any way, anything. They, so viral DNA is in these rings called plasmids, mm-hmm. or at least some of it. And they can literally just hand them off to each other. And that's part of the reason why bacterial... Um, resistance and viral resistance is so much is so fast Mm -hmm. like they can become resistant to treatments and drugs very quickly um or even to things like temperature or various stresses um and so you can these plasmids like they can hand off the dna that way and so you can kind of i'm not sure you can kind of sneak attack the bits of dna and these plasmids across, and then, you know, you can... I, I don't remember. I don't uh, remember. And there's a lot of really cool stuff on the horizon. There's, like, CRISPR technology that everyone's both excited and terrified about. It's basically this protocol. I don't know that much about it other than to say that it's extremely... You can use it to literally splice out a gen- ch- bits and pieces you know, pieces very specifically with a very high rate of success okay. of DNA from here to there from this to that and that it you can use it across all forms of life and that it's just Man, super how how crazy would that be i mean if you can just pick and choose the traits you want well and that's a whole nother oh, like that's a whole nother ethical question is like designer babies yeah. and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Well, let's not get started on designer yeah. babies because that's... <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Amazing. be interesting to see what the next hundred years is going to be like. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sure it was a hundred years ago too. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the 50s was scary because of nuclear holocaust was this very real sort of 
front door and that's still there but now we've got all these other crazy things to worry about like you know how bad is climate change going to be is it going to be apocalyptic or are we all just you know freaking out for no reason who knows i don't know or is it a natural cycle of the earth is going yeah uh, or yeah so there's question number one and then you've got you know what about ai and like nanotechnology and oh, yeah. the biological the... revolution for, you know with crispr and all these other things did anyone catch the elon musk interview with joe rogan when he smoked dope yeah that was pretty dope that was very interesting i i i'm a big elon musk fan i i, I like him too I, he's yeah. He's just a bizarre cat. He does his own thing. Yep. And, you know, he is, you know, the technology, the, the battery technology that he has could be revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, independence from NASA that he started with SpaceX. I think that just takes space exploration in a whole new frontier. That's just, uh, especially if it's not reliant on the government, which... Yeah. Nothing seems to work. That's huge. <laughs> so let's talk about something. How long has SpaceX been around? Oh, God. Uh, I'd say less than... 10, 15 years. Tops. Less than 20 tops. years. How yeah. long has NASA been around? Uh, since the 40s? 30s? So, 40s? Right? Probably 40s? since Sputnik, I think. Yeah. The, yeah. That, so like 50, yeah, yeah, something right like that. Yeah. So, you know, they, and, and if you haven't seen these videos, they're absolutely incredible. You know, Elon Musk and his you know team of magicians have been able to fire a rocket from Earth out into space, turn the rocket around, shoot it back, spin around, and land on a moving platform yep. right. in the ocean. Yep. It's absolutely phenomenal. Right. They can they can they can do it. It's like a freaking ballet. You know, they can do two rockets at the same time, have them come back and land perfectly in sync. It's just incredible. The the level of the engineering involved is yeah. it's uh, crazy. I think they have plans for Mars in 2021 is the last estimate I heard. I think it's going to be a one-way trip, though. But um, So would you want to be one of those people on the one-way trip? Um, No, not at this point, no. Hypothetically, yes. We'll ask yes. you again after the baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God, please. <laughs> one weekend. I'm, to get out of this one. One weekend, I'll send Elon a tweet and volunteer. So SpaceX was 2002. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that something? I mean, yeah. well, yeah. And I think that's, we touched on this. At least I know I was present for that one. Um, I, I think the private enterprise getting into this, the space travel thing and space exploration oh, it's, is, is massive. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Huge. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, uh, the U.S. budget is like 116th or 164th. Four uh, percentage of a penny goes to the NASA budget. It's something create of every tax dollar, but mm -hmm. um, it's something crazy Makes like that. Cool, but yeah, right. do we want to use this opportunity to talk about um, Space Force? Sure. Space Force. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, the government. We haven't heard much yeah. about that for, lately. If it weren't for my bad knee, I'd be enlisting. Yeah, right now my bone spurs are getting to me. <laughs> yeah. Do I get to wear a stormtrooper outfit? <laughs> Space Force. It's got to be a cool anthem for that or something. Yeah. American flag in the background. You know, Trump's in his astronaut hat or something. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, is it that dumb of an idea, though? Like, if you think about 
the way uh, asserting your military might, like the next frontier. Right. Is... I think I think the way it was presented was comical. Yeah. Um, especially with our current president right yeah. now <laughs> to well, announce yeah. a space force, but I think the idea or the justification that uh, we should have a um, presence in. Um, you know, space or, or an orbit around Earth. I don't think that's too egregious. Um, do I do I feel like we need to dedicate trillions of dollars to it? <laughs> Not yet. Well, let's think about this from another direction. Um, you know, we know that we know that Earth has problems. We know that we are, for lack of a better term, seriously fucking up our planet. Um, we are overpopulated. We are polluting pretty much everything that we touch and everything that we don't um we know that earth has a finite lifespan we know that at some point our sun is going to become a red giant and swallow our planet um if humans want to remain in existence we'll have to figure out how to get off this rock sooner or later yep I mean, you know, and, and I know it, it sounds silly. I know it sounds like we're talking about, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars or, you know, what's that new great um, Seth? Uh, oh, Orville? Is yeah. That, yeah. You know, we, we have that stuff and we, we think of it in such a, you know, fantastical sci-fi comical manner that when we start talking about it seriously, of course it's going to catch some flack. But, I mean, are we to the point where, you know, it's going to take us – gazillions of dollars and a lot of so much scientific time and energy that you know we can't even fathom to figure out the technology to get away from this place yeah you know when is it too early to start dabbling into our in into our neighborhood yeah no it's got to be funded first for sure um is you know i know that we're looking at you know several hundred several thousand years down the road that we need to be off our rock yeah well several thousand tens hundreds of thousands millions maybe um, but you know, is it wrong to start exploring our neighborhood now? No, I'd I'd be all all for it. I think the um, the past is a good. Are we? Uh, you know, history repeats itself. The human species has a pretty big problem for planning for the future, in my opinion. I don't do uh, too good of a job of. Um, I don't want to say this. Uh, Oh, let's take climate change for example. You know what are we doing? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, what? basically nothing. There's that old adage: if you're not, well, uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't say nothing. I mean, you know, we have up in our cars that turns our car off for a split second. Of yeah, the I mean, we're doing something, right? That's impactful. Yeah. That's impactful. <laughs> well, let's okay, but, but let's, car. but let's, <laughs> but if you think about it, so. There was a report, uh, some report that came out that said that our our use of our our the worldwide production of climate emissions, climate change emissions, is steadily going up from one year to the next. So, in other words, we're not doing better; we're doing worse. Yeah. And it's, I mean, for, well, I mean, we have, you know. So the United States has sort of been like the golden star of like what to aspire to worldwide as far as development. Well, that means more cars. That means more electricity. That means fossil fuels, right? 
And as long as that's true, that means more and more people are going to be working in that direction mm -hmm. all over the world. And that's bad for climate change. I mean, that's, that's kind of a bad omen. Yeah. So when I say that, yeah, that's cool. More people are turning off the lights when they re leave the room. That's cool. But that's like peanuts. It's yeah. like a drop in the bucket. <laughs> it's like yeah. a drop in the... Yeah, exactly. It's like throwing a grain of sand on our southern border to start building a wall. Yeah, yeah it just seems sort of... Yeah. I think it was about 10 years ago that scientists said, you know, two degrees Celsius. If you go up two degrees Celsius, that's kind of the tipping point where mm -hmm. things are going to start hitting the fan and now every every projection that i've seen that i've read is 2.1 2.2 yeah. degrees and it's it's yeah. like it was predicted now so is an inconvenient truth yeah. i mean yeah there's some really scary things that could happen mm -hmm. if yep. you have like an ecological collapse in the oceans well that means the fisheries are gone and a lot of people eat fish and a lot of animals eat fish I, and that's I, scary. Well, and let's talk about the you know corals' contribution to you know cleaning our air and oxygen. Yeah. Right, and then so there's yeah there's coral another bleaching. question. You have the coral reefs bleaching all over the world, and I uh, I don't know. We always I I teach eighth grade science right now, and we always have this huge climate change unit, and you know it's fascinating to watch the kids like I I show them this little demonstration where you know if this coastlines would just um, decrease by like 100 feet so you know there goes florida yeah i mean just it's watch gone. how many people are displaced and i ask him you know where where's the population live primarily on, on the in, coasts yep in in the united states and in other countries oh i don't know i mean we live spirit lake's got a lot of people minneapolis oh, think, about <laughs> it. think about it sounds like eighth grade yeah, yeah. it sounds about yeah. right yeah yeah no and yeah. then they kind of get it and then they see the you know the the shoreline <laughs> shrink and and we get to another question. Well, where are all these people going to go? Well, they're going to start moving inland. Okay. So what's that going to do? It's going to reduce the amount of space you have to grow food. Okay. What happens if you don't grow enough food? People are going to get cranky, right? Yeah. So it's just, it's fascinating to watch how 13 and 14 year olds can kind of understand it, but not people who legislate. So I... I don't know. I don't see the controversy. I guess is my, is my. Uh... There's a controversy. Right. I, yeah. I, well, I don't think there should be a controversy at all. Either. I think yeah. that speaks to a corrupted political system yeah, more than I anything. Think that's right along the same lines as flat earthers and hollow earthers. And I'm a believer in Jesus, but you know, I, I, there's a lot to evolution. You know, I, I'm not a creationist. Mm. Um, you know, I, I kind of put those in the same. Same area. Yeah, I'm curious. How do you handle evolution in your class? And I'm how actually teaching it right now? Are you allowed to teach evolution in Iowa? Yep, we have to. I'm kidding. I do you get oh, resist? Yeah. Do you get resistance from the? I have in the past. Really? Yeah. Yep. Let's I've... talk about that. So I've had not. To, I'm not going to mention no, names, okay. but um, <laughs> you know, I've I've had assignments where um, actually I've shown the video. I don't know if you guys are probably familiar with the peppered moth. Sure. That adapted because of the uh, industrial revolution. Yeah. Um, literally changed its color because of the soot on the trees, mm -hmm. and then uh, it changed from it was a white moth, and then adapted to the black soot so it wouldn't get mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then they cleaned it up, yeah, and back. Yep, right. Yep. yep. Um. So I just had him watch that simple video, and of course it it was tagged. 
um, evolution by natural selection or something. And then I had a parent, a kid email me, I can't watch this. I don't, or my family doesn't believe in evolution or something like that. Or it's not, it's against my religion. So I had to go through all the formalities and I sent home this huge letter that was just saying, you know, evolution is simply how things change over time. It's not how things got here. I don't care what you believe in. You can believe in whatever you want, but I'm going to teach you how things change over time. And that seemed to clear it up for the most part. We just started it this year, so we're still, you know, I'm still going over like the geologic time scale with them. So we're not quite to. Yeah. In and of um, itself could be problematic for a lot of folks. Sure. Like yeah. we're talking um, 4.6 billion years ago and not 5,000 years ago when the earth yeah. was formed, right? So, um, but no, it's, it's pretty smooth this year. We haven't gotten into uh, speciation yet, but um, we will. And I'm sure I'll have to answer those questions I have to every year. But mm. um, they're they're at an age where they're starting to kind of think outside the box a little bit, where they're seeing that um, um, you know a bat's wing is homologous to your fingers, your fingers, right? Yeah. So they can start to see that stuff and. Um, now I think they're kind of starting to challenge the idea that, hey, it's not just right or it's not just wrong because so-and-so says it's wrong, right? But um, it's interesting. It's fun to watch, really, as a teacher, but uh, um, there is still some resistance, and it's just ignorance is all it is. So mm. Pretty easy to clean up. But. Sounds to me like you're just a hippie trash propagandist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leftists trying to spew my progressive views on the youth of our nation. Yeah, that's me. Oh, man. <laughs> Figured me out. I can't believe it's not settled. Like, we're the only country in the world where it's not just, like, settled. Like, I just... Ugh. Well, we were talking about that. If I don't mind me cutting you off there, Kyle, a little bit. Um last week i think maybe like the the frontier with everybody's gripe about like the common core standards oh, yeah. and, and education that it, like it's all in the sciences right pretty yep. much. i mean nobody's yep. bitching about shakespeare yeah or class. or pythagorean you know theorem I mean? yeah, yeah right so, so it it's yeah it's um science uh, <laughs> science really is being treated kind of more like a humanity than it is a science in the school systems and that um, more and more people seem to see science as subjective rather than objective, which is the biggest hurdle I have to try and um, fight through in my mm -hmm. job. But uh, you're right. I, I have my own opinions on Common Core and standards and all that good stuff <laughs> which i will reserve for a different time but hmm. um you know that's the biggest thing is just trying to make make kids understand that facts don't care about your feelings mm -hmm. true facts don't care about what you believe in personally so yeah and the first amendment doesn't care about your facts <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah to that bring is, up the, that's, that's true and that's that right there is something that i feel like is a big issue like right now like that's a big like the first amendment like there's no quality control there really isn't no about what people say and what people can claim as a and fact what people report. 
But, yeah, you but can't lie problems. to the FBI, right? Okay, or you go to jail. Like, that's pretty cut and dry. But anybody else can say pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. And but well, again, shouldn't you be able to? I mean, yeah, right. It just goes to show no matter how full of shit you are, somebody will listen to you. Mm. And they will yeah. believe you. And they will spread your doctrine across the nation. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do on this podcast. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I like it. Educate the people. Yeah. That's right. If you play it backwards, it tells you to kill your parents. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Just a little disclaimer. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. All the same. Well, this yeah, that, the, the First Amendment conversation is always an interesting one. It, it, it sounded to me, Dave, like... I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything, but are, are you a person that would think that there should be maybe more restrictions on speech, or how do you feel about that? It's a good question. And, I, well, the first thing I want to say is there are restrictions on speech, right? There, If you're, you know, if you have... I mean, if you don't believe that, you could ask, you know, Chelsea Manning, right? Like, yep. <laughs> like there are restrictions on yep. speech. You can't yell fire in, in a, a theater, theater yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. There are some rules. Do I think well, that there should... You can, though. I mean, you can say that. Yeah, you but could. It, you know, I guess it would... To... But it exposes you... Right, to cops. Criminally, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's not sure. protected free yeah, speech. Yeah. Right. You can say the B word on a plane, and there are all sorts of things that I could say about a president <laughs> that could get me arrested tonight. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's true. Adam's so, got the tapes. Fill us in. Fill so, us in. I mean, yeah, there, there are, without a doubt, restrictions on our speech. Maybe the wrong kind of restrictions. Maybe the right kind of restrictions. I think maybe there should be, like, there used to be this thing called the Fairness Doctrine back in the day that Reagan kind of quashed that said that there has to be some kind of standard of truth in news, right? And I think that is maybe not a bad idea. Oh, like, sure. I mean... So let me let me just... The media. Uh, read the quick definition of the Fairness Doctrine. It's a formal um, federal policy in... Yeah, it's a former federal policy in the U.S. requiring television and radio broadcasters to present contrasting viewpoints on controversial issues of public importance. Um, let's see. I wonder if it went away somewhere. <laughs> so does that just sound like a, rather than just opinion journalism sort of that you have yeah. the <clears throat> counterpoint as well? I mean, is that how we wound it's... up with the six talking heads on the screen at one time? Everybody yeah, I don't know. Each other, Maybe. Well, FCC eliminated Maybe. the policy in 1987 and removed the rule that implemented the policy from the federal register in August of 2011. So, yeah, it was hmm. uh, Reagan's last year in office that that was removed. Yeah. <laughs> and then removed from the federal register under uh, Obama. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that sounds really good that everybody should report the truth and facts, but I, it doesn't necessarily make you money at the end of the day. Well, and there's another issue, right, that that information is doled out for profit instead of as a public service. Or an agenda. It's, a, it's an entertainment. Yeah. 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 Entertainment, yeah. industry is an entertainment industry. It's not an informant. But it didn't always be. It wasn't always that way. No, it wasn't. And I think Wrong. That... <laughs> well. Wrong. You're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> But you, you, there was a point where we couldn't lie. When I'm elected, you'd be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where we could rely on our news to give us the news, and, and 
it, it was relatively close to accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, had reporters that uncovered all sorts of legitimate scandals, you know, back in the, you know, 60s and 70s and the 80s. And, you know, now every time you turn around, a reporter's claiming that they've uncovered a scandal. Right. Or everything is a scandal. Or everything is a scandal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find it hard to believe that something like Trump could have ever happened if there wasn't something like Fox News. Like, I just. I, you'd be I don't know. How many people stopped listening to Fox News during the. You know, back when. Way back when, as if it was a long time ago, yesterday. Um, you know, when. When, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say when politics started to get vicious because it's always been vicious. But when the news got involved and the news started to, you know, really pick sides, pick sides, and you know, and report the facts that they wanted to present to support their you know pre-existing ideas, um, you know, when that started to happen, a lot of people who are you know are were mainstream conservative stop listening to Fox News because, you know, you have the bullshitters like, you know, Sean Hannity and, you know, all of his little minions on there. Um, it, it got so right-wing and so crazy. I mean, I used to listen to Fox News. It used to be a legitimate news source. Now it's just a right-wing propaganda machine. Um, same thing can be said for MSNBC. CNN and MSNBC and CBS for, you know, the, the left side. If you want news, you go to C-SPAN. You, <laughs> you know, look out of our country to yeah. the real news. Yeah. It's just, um, I forgot where I was going with this point, but um, I, I don't know. I Trump is going to be a very interesting read 40 or 50 years from now when we've had the time to really take a look at what drove our culture to elect somebody who is not a politician as our president and what the results are going to be of his presidency because we're honestly and, not going to know what kind of a president he is for 20 or 30 years. Well, and a, I mean, and a, uh, a candidate such as him. I mean, he's not your normal non-politician presidential candidate. No, I mean, he's, he's not your Ross Perot. He's your, he's not your, he's his own individual entity, yeah. but, That's which I think is why he's appealing nice, or was appealing. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So there was a, another comment I did want to mention here from Eureka Morrison says, I teach biology in the Bible Belt, and I literally have people quote the Bible on every evolution discussion. Wow. So that's, oh, that, I'd like to, maybe she'll comment here again, but I'd like to know more about how she'd handle that because obviously I've never taught in the Bible Belt. We're not really in the Bible Belt here. Um, we're a little bit north of it, but um, it's got to be just a... You look confused, Jimmy. <laughs> well, where is the Bible Belt? I would assume it's Mississippi, Alabama, Oklahoma. Mississippi, that... Alabama, yeah. Missouri. I mean, I would have guessed yeah. the South. Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah. I would Arkansas. consider yeah, Arkansas um, goes out to like North Carolina, Tennessee. Yeah, Noah's Ark in like Kentucky. Ohio, Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, it's in Kentucky. The, the museum, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 Ken Ham, I think, world trying to teach biology or evolution in a in a. You know, a deep red state like that. Well, there, there are so many reasons I couldn't be a teacher in a. And but I mean, if even if you have like an administrator, if your principal is, you know, half a step away from being a preacher, what do you do too? I mean, that's yeah. I, I can't imagine. I'm glad. We're and politically, here. how are you going to present your, right, right, your curriculum, right? Yeah, I, I mean, know. you got to be careful, but. There's uh, This is only the opinion of scientists. Yeah. 
only opinion that yeah, based on 150 opinion. years of you know verified research from like a million different angles all pointing at the same anyway yeah yeah uh, well sorry to divert back to that we were we were kind of on trump there that was a good discussion <laughs> <laughs> it always goes back to him yeah God. you know and i wish it did it's you know people just but he mind. gives you so much to he does talk about i mean you know if he would keep his mouth shut and yeah wait, i think we'd have a lot less problems with yeah it. yeah no kidding you don't need to clap back at everybody who Criticizes, criticizes yeah. you, know, you in, on, on Twitter. On the other hand, he doesn't have anybody defending him either. So yeah, yeah. In, in, in terms of the news, it's <laughs> just you know maybe if I was in this position, I'd want to tweet what I think too. I well, I don't know. If you think Sean Hannity is news, he's got or a defender there. Well, yeah. yeah I don't know. Maybe he'll be the new chief of staff. We'll see. Level of I don't know. Have you guys? Unless he wants to sponsor our show. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take a sponsor. Hey, we'll go full right wing if we have right. <laughs> Follow the green. Yep. Everybody get a guy. Yeah, sponsored so, by. I was gonna say sponsored by Smith and Wesson. Have you guys seen the the news bias chart thing before? There's the um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It starts off like a, the handful and that are neutral, and then leaning left or right, and then hyper partisan. And then garbage. Right. I don't know. All the way in you know, I'm looking at that. I don't know how accurate it is. If you listen to the words that come out of people's mouths on stuff like NPR or Reuters, or I mean, Reuters, I think is right wing as far as they're concerned, right? Uh, I'm looking at one, and this may not be. The, I, would, I would think Reuters is pretty fact based, pretty. But yeah, this is exactly the one that so I've seen. Reuters is, I think, right in the. In the, in the economist, neutral zone. I used to get the Economist. Yeah, it is not neutral. Okay. <laughs> if you read the words that people are writing and can understand English, you know they're everybody's biased right now. Yeah. Except the National Geographic. Well, yeah, there you go. but even <laughs> even the National Geographic is pretty pro environment and well, yeah. I mean, pro evolution and pro science. I don't know, maybe. Mm. And, you know, what you just said there, Dave, is something that I've always wondered about. Isn't it lame that, like, somebody rattles off a couple of general topics and then, you like, your brain automatically goes to left or right based on just yeah. the, the mention of one, you know, you say environment, oh, left. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Pull up a list of topics, spew them out, and we'll see what we think. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, and it's not really... It's not really something you have to view about or stew about either. It's just, I mean, you could, you could do it in a split second. You know, yeah. Vaccines. Right. <laughs> well, that one isn't really like that, partisan. True, that's not, it's just. I would say left. Dumb. Dumb. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's only an issue on the left. Yeah. Well, mm, there's some writers. There's some writers. People on the right yeah. there. What are the arguments on uh, the? We've talked about this with Spurge a little bit. That, that vaccinating your children causes autism. Right. Thank you, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. We're listening to a Playboy Playmate for sound parenting advice. Right. Yeah. No. That drives me nuts. I mean, cause... or that there's they use some heavy metal in the production. I forget. I forget if it's lead or mercury or some nonsense. Yeah. I wish Spurgeon was here because he 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 uh yeah he knows the stuff about vaccines yeah he um 
he's very knowledgeable about vaccines, but uh, he um, he actually made a good point. Like, you know, you're you're not only putting your own kid at risk if that kid gets measles or whatever, and he's got to be around some kid right. who has leukemia or something that can't get a vaccine. And what do they call that? Herd herd immunity. Herd immunity. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's just irresponsible and infuriating actually and it's true i mean here's here's the thing like come on it wasn't that long ago polio was a real thing for people to be very frightened of like right and they're like in wheelchairs or iron lungs or whatever right and it's like that is a real thing that is gone now you don't hear about a lot of smallpox, so at least you didn't tell a lot of people stop vaccinating their kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen somebody with mumps or rubella. Mm-hmm. Chicken pox. Chicken pox. Yeah. I know. I actually got I chicken do. pox, yeah. but, but like nowadays, it's not even a thing. Is to go to your friend's house with chicken pox, yep. just like on South Park. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you want to get him young? So. Does it make a difference in the vaccine thing? if the disease is like a hundred percent preventable by the vaccine, you know what I mean? Like, so like you take the flu shot, for example, the, there's always a new flu coming out. And, right. Um, well, I, you know, the difference there, I think is, you know, there aren't as many variations. In something like I think you're right. Yeah. As there is in influenza. I mean, you know, there are, you know, I had said hundreds and Andy said, correct me to thousands of strains of, of influenza and you know what they do is they try to forecast what are going to be the most dangerous strains in a given year mm-hmm. and that's what they protect against because yeah. they can't possibly immunize them against all of them right mm-hmm. i mean it's like the common cold you know how many different you know viruses and stuff can cause the common cold it's but we hold different standards for flu unless you're like in healthcare, you don't have to have a flu shot you know Whereas if you want to go to public school there's a list that you have to yep. have for yep. vaccines As you should as you should, right? Well, that that makes sense. If you don't want you don't want a vaccine, keep your kid out of you know keep your kid away from funded else. out of the public yeah. coffers. Yeah, take right. Well, teach them yourself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're that way. That's the to me. That's the best balance between somebody's liberty interest and saying, you know, no, I want to live my life like X or whatever. But yeah. the, you know, and but fine. But you're not gonna be pulling out of the yeah out of the the tax. Uh, Tax funds for everybody. I think when it comes to vaccinations, it, the reason that the vaccinations are important is because you now if you don't vaccinate your kid, it's not just dangerous for your kid; it's dangerous for all the kids around them. I mean, just like mm-hmm. you said, the herd or the herd immunity issue, public a public health risk. Yep. But yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Um, Although. I'm not sure that it's over if it's overstated the whole like movement against. I wonder if it's maybe overstated. I, it, I, it's fizzled considerably from yeah. where it used to from where it was ten years ago. Yeah. I think there's a few um, there's a few outspoken anti-vaxxers that kind of hog the limelight. Yeah, and I, I and I think that's probably true for a lot of things yeah. like the flat earthers and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, and there are pockets of places where people lack common sense in that regard too sure i just eureka teaches in north carolina interesting Mm. Mm. that's pretty biblical over there yep i had a well 
our head basketball coach just recently moved from North Carolina. So really? yeah, Nick Grukey. I don't know if you remember him. I was actually born there. Really? Yeah. Born in North Carolina? Yeah. Wow, Dave. But I've been in New Mexico. Everywhere, yeah. Coast to coast. Yeah, I mean, I consider myself. I mean, I moved when I was three, so. But we are, you know, I've always, for many years, I would visit family in North Carolina. Never and it's been. very. I still refer to it as the Confederacy. Really? You know? <laughs> it's like the Confederacy in a lot of ways. So that's like Southern Missouri and Northern Arkansas. Their pockets there where they're still fighting the war. Yeah. yeah. That's a place I'd love to go sometime and hike like the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. I want to go to Charleston. I've heard that's really a neat town. Yeah. I've heard that that's too. really neat. South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. Was that where they had the rally thing and the girl got run over? That was Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Virginia. That was Virginia? Virginia? Charlottesville? Okay. Right. Oh, it stayed that same. My cousin, though, went there. And it's not, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's a strange thing it's weird like you can definitely feel this racial tension there that really? you never could feel in new mexico huh. like and i'm not saying that new mexico is some like shangri-la of, like where everyone holds hands and gets yeah, along racial but tension has gotten worse in the last five ten years i don't know i mean i feel like certainly the the the, the flames have been fanned so to speak do i think it's gotten worse i don't know Maybe that's the subject. I can tell you, like, <laughs> so there was one time I, I drove across Greensboro, and it's very much, it's still very, like, segregated. Yeah. And I went from one side of town to the other, and I remember just going into a gas station and being lost and, like, hey, how do I get there? And, you know, I was definitely on the other side of town, and he was, like, the guy was, like, looking at me, like, what are you even doing in here? Like, mm. and I just was not used to that. Yeah. I felt very like <laughs> I don't know, yeah. and my uncle is just totally just cartoon racist. So <laughs> I mean, there's still plenty of that going around. Oh so. yeah, I think you know I it's plenty of it around. I for sure. know, grew up in Esterville, was here most of my life. Left in when I was nineteen or twenty, and race was never an issue growing up. I don't no. remember ever being an issue. A couple months ago, I was back here uh, visiting my folks, and my dad and I went down to Hy-Vee. In this, as we were walking in, these guys were arguing, um, and these two two scraggly old white guys were hollering at this Hispanic kid and telling him to go back to his own country. Really? And he turned to them and said, "I'm from Texas. I was born in Texas. I moved from Texas to here. I'm an American, you asshole." <laughs> And, you know, it's, I had never seen behavior like that in our town. I had never seen stuff like that in Astorville. Um, And I, it it bothered me quite a bit and kind of made me start to wonder, you know, is, are things going backwards a little bit in that, in that. I I might have missed that. How long ago was that? A couple months. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I feel like the pendulum swings and it always sort of does. Yeah. And it go, it's going to go one direction and back the other and so on and so forth. I feel like certainly has brought back this sort of, uh, I don't know, what do, you, what do you want to call it? Enabled or brought back a narrative that used to be sort of underground a little bit, or at least people were quieter about it. Maybe and now I mean now you got Tucker Carlson saying that immigrants make the world dirtier and the stuff wall like just got ten feet higher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just like uh, I, yeah, I, 
I mean, and and. But so, well, there was sort of a blend with immigrant and race in what you just said there, and I'm flesh that out for me a little bit more. Um, right. Well, I think that the immigrant argument is something that. It's an easy scapegoat, always. But it's always been there. Like, all of us, you know, our ancestors are not North American, right? That's a simple fact. And maybe a hundred, maybe 200 years ago, it was like, you know, race was defined as, you know, oh, Irish or, you know, Catholic or Italian or whatever. And people are always, it's an easy scapegoat to blame people that are you know different different or of a different uh socioeconomic status it's just for some reason it's a very sort of it appeals to people's lizard brains on some level that i don't so and i think that racism is directly related to that i mean it's like when 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 trump says oh you know how come you know like more danish people aren't coming i mean yeah, it's it's related, but it's like, okay. So, I don't know. I, I think the issue of race and the issue of immigration, while a lot of people are blending the two, I think they should be completely into. I, I I think they should be separated. Um, you know, I think you know there are a lot of racists who don't like people who are are not you know white Americans just because they're not white Americans. Um, but I think that, you know, really the issues are, are two completely separate things. Um, and they wouldn't like those people even if they weren't white, but they were Americans, which is a shame, but you you know can't fix stupid. Um, <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to something like immigration, you know, let's let's think about this in a couple different ways. I mean, I'm gonna say right off the bat that our immigration system is completely friggin' broken. It's it should not take people seven or eight years to be able to get you know, a visa or a green card or, you know, be able to mm. earn their citizenship. It shouldn't, it should not take that long. I mean, it, it should be the equivalent of, you know, me going out to the DMV and getting my license changed. Granted, I have to have seven pieces of documentation and it's going to take me 45 <laughs> minutes to wait in line. Um, but when it comes to immigration, I don't think people have a problem with immigration. I think people have a problem with the fact that people are coming here illegally. Um, I it, it, this is this is a really messy topic because there are a lot of factors here. Um, but you know, let, well, let me ask you: Do you think somebody should be arrested because they broke the law? Do you think you know if somebody stole something off your property, threw a rock through your window, you know, or broke into your house just to take a nap? I mean, do you think that somebody like that? Do you think that is punishable? Do you think that behavior is something that somebody should be accounted? For? That we have an issue with that, right? Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to to try to put something in place that really you doesn't like give a people any choice <laughs> but to i mean that i mean you're bringing up great points and the the no one's well i shouldn't say no one but no one um in power is articulating those points i mean it's all right. yeah well how much of this is obfuscated i mean like where exactly is the bones of contention yeah, that, that, that's something that is perplexing. People me. have been. I feel like people have been. You know, in Obama's first term, there was big talk of, you know, immigration reform, mm -hmm. and they couldn't get it done. Yeah, like, 
it they just the house let it die i mean it's nothing new. Everybody has a problem with it because the right's talking about yeah. immigration reform. Right. There's a lot of things to talk about. And the other thing is, like, immig- first of all, illegal immigration is way down. Like, it peaked in 2000 or early 2000s. And yeah, it's way it's down. Lowest under Obama, actually. And, yeah, and he deported a lot of people. And a lot of people Obama, on the left were angry Obama about that. He deported 10 times as many people as President Trump has. Yeah. I but mean, 10 times as many people were deported. And there's another issue here, and that is, like, those people come here illegally because they find work. And that means that people are hiring them. Mm -hmm. And so where is the... I don't know. I feel like that's sort of left out of the conversation. Oh, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I I know a lot of people who have come to the U.S. illegally, and I don't know one of them that's a criminal. I don't buy into that, you know, everybody who comes here is, you know... A rapist and a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Well, that just sounds like a straw man. I mean, yeah, yeah I, 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 it is. Yeah. Um, but I still think that, you know, we, it really it all comes down to immigration reform. If we had a great immigration system, we wouldn't need a freaking wall. If we had a great immigration system where, you know, somebody could come in and check in and say, you know, hey, you know what, I want to move to the U.S. All right, let's take care of some paperwork. You know, do you have a place to stay? You know, do you have some money to get you by until you find work? Let's make sure you have the stuff in place. Okay, an hour later, have a great day. Have a good time in the U.S. And, you know, let's let's see what we can do to, to help. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we had a system that encouraged um, that kind of immigration as opposed to, as opposed to the just massive cluster we have now, you know, maybe we wouldn't have an immigration problem. And why is it so bad? It was overregulated. So, yeah, I mean, we've had these, in our country's history, we've had these periods of time where there's been big influxes of immigration from, first from Europe, I guess, yeah, right? mm-hmm. and then, yeah, and then different <laughs> different localities yeah. in, mm-hmm. in Europe in different waves. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, so how is it people from Central America trying to, Go north is different than the Irish coming from the potato famine yeah. or something. Right. right? Yeah. Well, the the difference between that is one we weren't we weren't a yeah people think you can but you can't they will not let you just move to Canada unless yeah. you can contribute something to the Canadian right yeah population. I think yeah isn't it like you have to demonstrate. You got like have to have a, like a bachelor's degree or something and demonstrate what you can do for them ahead have, of time. You have to have some sort of a skill that contributes to yeah. Canada. You, and you know, I've I've heard so many people say, "Well, I'm just going to move to Canada because you know our, you can't just do that. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can't do that with any other civilized country. Why should we expect it to to be the complete opposite? Mm-hmm. Why should we ex- be expected to just open our doors to whoever comes?" Regardless of what the reason is, right. regardless of their situation, you know, regardless of all those extenuating circumstances, because there's not another country on the planet that's a civilized country that does that. Mm. Well, yeah. One thing I always ask people when we get into the immigration subject matter is, are you a person who thinks that like a sovereignty should be able to funnel who comes in and out of their country or not they absolutely should and, have a right to well for sure i mean that's i think that's the place to start right because yeah. if you're not if you are if you say no to that question 
then then what's a country? Then, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Or <laughs> what's a sovereignty? So yeah, I guess would you be then a globalist? <laughs> oh, right? the global, the globalist Satanists, <laughs> globalist turning our frogs gay, turning the frogs gay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Then you want what you want is like some Star Trek existence where it's like Earthlings only, and yeah. under a world government or something. I mean, yeah. What What's the end there? We're not I there guess. yet. Yeah, it's a long ass time before we get there. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to. Well, we're never going to see that. There's a lot of things to consider. I mean. I think that, for one thing, society, for better or worse, our economic system depends on growth. And that means population has to at least stay about the same size, right? Well, in a lot of places in Europe, you know, people are having one or fewer kids oh, it's, on average. Yeah, popula- Germany, pop- uh, the German population is decreasing. It's actually a really big problem. Yeah, it's a big problem in Japan. It's yeah, a big no. problem in a lot of places. And in the United States, if it weren't for immigration, we would be in the negative as well. Yeah. My understanding is right. And if you look at a place like Esterville, right, most people, for better or worse, a lot of people leave. Oh, yeah. And don't come back. Yep. And then so who comes in, right? A lot of uneducated ag workers um, from Central America. And I'm not even saying that they're all uneducated. A lot of them are educated, but... Um, it's just this interesting dynamic. There's so you know we have we have jobs that we need filled because some people don't want to do them. A lot of people don't want to do them. We have people that are willing to do them. Why not let people come and do them? Um, you know, and I think the big problem with immigration is immigration isn't the problem. It's you know I, I don't I don't hear often that people have a problem with the fact that people are legally immigrating to this country. Mm-hmm. Mm. let me uh run through some comments oh, real yeah. quick um eureka says if you have an infant you should have flu shot i don't think anybody disagrees with that uh oh but no that's just fine yeah sure. <laughs> yeah i don't care I, we're I, here to talk that's that yeah. who, you know took all the mic time no we're here okay. to talk um cultures are important differences in cultures are important Cultures being lost because they blend together too much, I think is is tragic. Um, you know, when you go to to places like New York and Chicago and San Francisco, and you see the Chinatown, and you see the little Italy, and you see the little Germany, and you know a little Bavaria and French town, you know, there's so much beauty in every individual culture. Um, you know, we don't want to get to the point where we lose those. Um, did America ever really have its own independent culture? I don't know. I, th- I, I think, think we, we kind of do. I think we get caught up in this word assimilation, um, maybe taking that to the extreme too much because we say we want all these immigrants to assimilate. Um, and I think maybe we're implying that they should lose their culture, which is not, mm. in my opinion, what assimilate means yeah. at all. No. Um, so I, I don't know. I, the fear of losing cultural ideas or ideals, for one thing, there are the laws that we all know and abide by or not, <laughs> or we risk, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the consequences of that. And that's, that's no different whether, you know, whether you're here, you know, whether you're an immigrant, a first gen- immig- generation immigrant from 
anywhere else in the world, you're still going to be subject to those same. I well, so in other words, I guess there is at least there is the law, right? Yeah, right. Setting the floor for right. This is the mandated assimilation. Right. Yeah, and I think it's also true that in most places there are like basic moral cultural codes that don't change all that much. There are some that do, sure, from culture to culture, but like don't kill your neighbor. Well, That's pretty obvious, right? Like what do you guys think of this? Like what about culture being as a means to say like identify yourself with a group that's larger than yourself? Wouldn't culture in a lot of ways make a lot more sense than grouping up by skin color, for example? So like let's say I'm in Germany or something and culture in Germany could be quite a bit different than what I'm used to here in Astorville, Iowa, but my next door neighbor is an Asian guy from Minnesota. Sure. I'm going to have a lot more in common with yeah. Asian yeah. guy from Minnesota than I will with the Germans. Yeah. Sure. Just because we both grew up in the United States. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and there is a big difference in regards to you know preserving a culture as opposed to preserving <clears throat> I don't think it's quite accurate, but I'm going to say way of life. Um, you know, and that kind of goes to, you know, you're talking about, well, you know, we have our laws as a baseline that we need to follow. Um, we have our laws, you know, because we want to prevent people from hurting other people. Um, and that's it. I mean, really, every single one of our laws is designed to prevent people from hurting other people. No, not every single one. There are a lot of just mm -hmm. stupid laws. No, I get what you're saying. That you can attest to, but... You know, you can, and there are cultures out there where, you know, hurting others is a part of their culture. Yeah. Um, you know, look at the the guy who, you know, tried to spread the word of Jesus in, you know, Indonesia oh, yeah. and got shot. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's their culture. Well, Probably you know, a stupid idea. That, yeah. You know, there are a lot of parts of your culture that, you know, you are welcome to, you know, please, mm -hmm. you know, please bring over here. Please. Right. Not, you know, saying inviting them or anything. They're happy where they are. Good for them. But I think I'm sorry. No, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, to kind of dovetail on some of that, like I think it's a reasonable discussion to have to in, in with certain examples, like take Europe. They've got waves of uh, Muslim immigration from the Middle East in different countries where mm -hmm. they've got Muslim ghettos in certain places. Right. And there it's. I think a reasonable discussion to say we've got butting heads in some ways where culture from Islam doesn't, the Eastern culture there doesn't necessarily blend with Western. Uh, right. Parts of it, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, death to apostates and that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> it's but, too know, extreme. There are a lot of parts of their culture that, that do. Right. Um, but how do we, how do we make that work? Well, it goes yeah. to follow the law. Hey, you do yep. whatever you want to within the confines of the laws mm -hmm. of the country that you went to. Right, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why that's so hard, but I'm not a religious fanatic. So I yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, I mean, there are things to consider there. So for one thing, we talk about assimilation. So in this country, Muslim immigrants assimilate, quote unquote, better. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons for that is we have, I mean, for them to get here is a bigger, like, you're probably in a different socioeconomic status because you have to get on a plane or get on a boat or whatever 
right? And then, in other words, it's not just like waves of, you know, peasants or whatever, right? Like, whereas Europe, they're going to have that issue. And they've also been much more open arms to, you know, uh, asylum seekers and such, for better or worse. And you're going to have backlash to that. And it's also true that, um, you know, they they have had bigger problems with quote unquote assimilation and like racial and cultural like tensions. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, we have that here, uh, but maybe for other reasons. And I don't know. I, I don't know. And I, it, I do think you kind of have to take it on a case by case basis and, but certainly like religious extremism often is like a result of other issues like economic problems or whatever upbringing upbringing (laughs) maybe yeah Hmm. i don't know yeah that's interesting uh you guys want to do one more controversial controversial question might as well all right we're losing viewership so oh, we're, we're might be a little long in the teeth back. let's talk about something like bdsm <laughs> okay should teachers be allowed to carry guns at school oh god Hell yes absolutely if they have a concealed carry permit, you know by all means. if bullets from some unknown shooter are flying all over the place i definitely think we should have lots of people with guns shooting randomly just kidding. No, <laughs> As a thinking. teacher, I don't want a gun. Don't want one. Have no interest in carrying a gun. Never, uh, never really. I, I'm totally for your right to bear arms, for sure. I just don't want one. And yeah. I don't want kids to, I don't want kids to fear me because I have a firearm. I don't want kids. I don't even, to Do be quite. Do you even know if you have one or not? I'm sure they would. Yeah. Well, it'd be a, it'd be a huge issue for them not to know. Hmm. Like, well, it, like, okay. So let's say guns are now allowed in the classroom. I mean, they're gonna hear about it. Obviously, they're gonna. Well, they'll, they'll hear that it's passed a law, but they're not gonna know. Oh, hey, Mrs. Bruns is packing a, yeah. you know, a Glock nine millimeter in a bra strap. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can. I, yeah. I mean, it's not gonna. You're not gonna. Put it on your belt loop, and here's your Glock. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Then it's not really consistent. Isn't that part right? of the? Isn't that part of the whole draw of it? Is like if bad guys know other guys have guns, then they won't. What? Yeah, isn't that like I part just, of the argument. Like in other words, you should be conspicuously. I don't yeah. know. There, I'm. I would be really, really, really uncomfortable with eighth graders having direct access to a firearm. Why would they have direct access to a firearm? Twenty of them want to beat me up and pin me down. <laughs> And steal the gun, um, or five of them. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they, kids they can be pretty. Biometric fingerprint locks. Okay. For, for firearms, so you can have a gun in your pocket, and if I take it out of your pocket, I cannot access the trigger. Okay. Or the safety or the clip or anything, unless I. Well, of course, it could not get. But how, I have no idea. This is, I have no idea how available, like how common is that? Right, and that'd be an ideal situation for sure. But sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've I've got a. a family members got one so here's a related question how do you feel about like metal detectors and yeah i i would i mean it's slow everything down for sure 
but um, I'm for as many safety measures in public education that need to be taken. I'm totally for that. I just don't know how how much more safe an armed teacher would be than an unarmed teacher. Mm-hmm. So, or if that would cause more problems. But you know, beyond. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of locking all of the doors except for the office door. Yep, I think that's for sure. a great step. But beyond that, really, is anything else going to make a damn bit of difference? No. Um, you lock your classrooms. Uh, like you said, lock every door. But right now, there's nothing stopping a kid from bringing his dad's pistol in his backpack and sneaking it into the school. Would, would, um, would metal detectors... Yeah, I mean, assuming assuming every kid goes through one. Okay, so let's say every kid goes through a metal detector. So I'm a kid. I'm a high school kid. You know, there's some, you know, young police officer here. I walk into the school. I have a gun in my pocket. The first thing that I do is shoot the safety officer. All bets are off now. Yeah. I mean, mm. is it, I don't know. It's That's a bigger freaking conversation. Yeah. That's a big mm. conversation. I, yep, and it hasn't been. I, I don't think it's been done yet. So I don't. I don't think teachers are. I could be wrong. I, I don't think teachers are armed anywhere. So it's not really. Mm, I mean, is are they? I don't I, know. I, I, I heard something about that. I don't. Know I wouldn't be surprised in. if that was. It always starts in Texas. It always so. Yeah, starts in Texas. So it's it's all conjecture right now of whether what would work and what wouldn't. But personally, working directly directly with kids, I think it'd be. I would be extremely anxious to be armed around by myself to be armed around twenty kids. <laughs> yeah, there's some yeah. kids that I went to school with that I'd be nervous if there was. Yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like why would we statistically? You're asking for a lot more risk than if we don't want guns in the school. Why are we bringing the them in up. as an adult? No. No. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. No, it's. I'm totally pro. Pro gun though. I, I mean, it, you should have one. I, I think my it opinion. all has to do with mental health. Oh God, mental that, that, health is a huge. It's not guns. It's mental health. That's the only issue. Yeah, um, and it's so underfunded, especially in Iowa. <laughs> Iowa's awful. Miles. Yeah. Every state is underfunded yeah. by miles. We don't have beds. We don't have yeah. you know therapists. We don't have psychiatrists. I think you can make an maybe assault rifles. I don't really see why anyone needs a freaking assault rifle. I just don't get it. But well, you know what you know what you know what AR stands for? Uh, oh, I just heard Arm it the light. other. Yeah, it's Arm aesthetic. Arm is the the company that manufactured the rifles, and they just made some parts interchangeable, so you could customize the stock, so you could customize the grip, so you could customize you know whether you wanted to have a flashlight, or whether you wanted to have you know a shiny scope, a big scope, a small scope, um, a laser pointer. I, you know, the the term assault rifle is so misused. It's not even funny. You know, I I have, you know, deer hunting rifles that are a hell of a lot more powerful than, you know, a typical assault rifle that shoots a, you know, a 223. Um, you know, and they can shoot yeah, just two, as fast. 223s aren't that big. No. I mean, you know, the, the only, the only yeah. difference between an assault rifle and, you know, a hunting rifle is the look. That's the only difference. Right. Because and I think, I think what we're... Dave might have been getting at is like your military style weapons, like your M14s or your, um, uh, like your machine gun type weapons. I I don't 
see a practical use for that. Which are already illegal yeah. in the United States. Right. So you have a yeah. Class a yeah. firearms yeah. license. Yep. 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 Mm. So. One one squeeze of the trigger, one one round. Yep. One you round. Can, you know, yeah. grandma can't be packing a newsie when she goes yeah. to the grocery store. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's already illegal. And right. you know, everything else is just how fast you can pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Well, and the, 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 with that whole gun control conversation, I I always want to. I, I hate how things are always condensed into bumper sticker type. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get, uh, hey, that's a great, you know, yeah. great Green Day quote. Get your philosophy from a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you could say that with any single topic that yeah. is a hot button issue. Yeah. Is there's the All nuance is gone, it seems like, oh. in 2019. It's a yeah, shame. It's, well, oh, at least you got the year right, though. I'm still in 2018. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, I still write 2007 from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's kind of how it, like, whatever kind of year your maybe your brain finally is fully developed and you're like officially an adult and you kind of stay that way yeah. in your mind forever. <laughs> yeah, man, isn't that a depressing thought though? It just seems like you know my parents are like, "How do I do with this cell phone?" I'm like, "Oh my god, is that going to be me?" Like, <laughs> with your Google glasses. (laughs) Am I going to be saying the same thing? Am I going to be like, you know, like every generation ever is like, oh, these kids these days. Like, am I going to be saying that? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. I think everybody falls off the wagon at some point. They just sort of freeze, freeze frame. And yeah, yeah, that's it. I I can go no further. Yeah. That's true. Like I have not joined the Twitterverse. And I feel like that's probably a generational thing. Oh, yeah. I can't do Twitter. I've Twitter. tried. I've yeah. tried multiple times. I just can't do it. I don't do it. I do Twitter. I don't do Instagram. I've never really figured that out. Mm. I do it just to, just to share cool pictures with yeah. friends and stuff. It's, it's just yeah. a picture sharing thing, right? It's not Pretty a... Much, I, okay. At least I think so, unless it's a lot more complicated than I... Yeah. Facebook hasn't bought them yet. <laughs> Everyone... Yeah. Yet. Huh. Yet. I don't know. I think Facebook might be kind of peeking out yeah it's got some bad bad pr and it's had some pretty rough pr in the yeah. past year yeah, or two hasn't it? that the best time to jump on it after it gets a lot of pr they get their shit straight um, yeah. you know there's a lot of privacy concerns around facebook they were hacked by were not hacked they were you know accessed by um was it the month of brookings institute but it's not far from it or cambridge cambridge analytica, oh, analytica. Mm, yeah. um you know, and they saw their stock take a tumble after that, so I can't help but think that they remedied that situation. On the other hand, there's like the Walmart effect. You can grow so much, but, and then you're done. Like, and I, you know, I there's like only so many Walmarts you can put in the world. Before. But working with like kids, and I coach high school basketball, and I teach middle school. No one really uses Facebook, and it, like the kids don't. It's all Instagram. It's all Snapchat. It's absolutely huge huh. with teenagers, and and really Facebook's kind of. It's like yeah. what the what the old stirs you. Yeah, it's for us. Yeah, it's for us. I I quit Facebook for several years. Um, I, and right before I moved back here, I started it again just so I could connect with people that I, you know, grew up with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've fallen off and gotten back on at various times with social media, and I don't know. It's nice to. It is nice to take, take a break, break from yeah. time yeah. to time. It 
turns into such a time suck. Yeah. Different, ugh, you, there's a, a if you have an iPhone, there's a way you can um, tell how much time you spend or how much screen time you have on each <laughs> this app. This is gonna be dangerous. I, I don't. God, somebody. I saw yeah, it at a presentation. I I don't remember where it's at. It's in settings. Yeah. Um, and you can have it report to you. Um, like at the end of every day, how much screen time you've had. Oh God. Um, like I and it's in settings. You just you know click on settings and you scroll down and it says screen time. Um, God, my phone's always blowing up here. I'm Shit, done. this is scary. Seven hours and thirty minutes of screen time today. Today, oh man, well, I mean, it's a weekend and I have nothing to do. Right, so, and I'm sure mine's like, just I'm as on... bad, but it's just that number is that's like as long as I've been up. Well, and <laughs> you know, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I was up early. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's, you know, it is a cool way to you know gauge if you're concerned about that, but. You know, I, we all use our phones so much as our primary method of communication. We use it as uh, our calendars, our email, our information, uh, information, our news outlet. Mm-hmm. It's like the extension of the body. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's kind of yeah, it's getting there. I remember seeing when smartphones first started to I mean, like the Blackberries and some of the internet capable yeah. phones, and then they had I think. Maybe concurrently, they had sort of primitive tablet type computers at the same. I'm like, oh, I, I bet the the line between the phone and the computer is gonna yeah continually blur blur yeah. And I'd say we're definitely there and have been there mm-hmm. for maybe a decade ish. Yeah, I'd say decades. yeah. I just got a VR headset the other day. Oh yeah, nice PlayStation. Nice. I mean, it's I I can see so many so many amazing uses. This is what it's called. So you can take them to different locations. Like I could take my kids to the International Space Station, and then that is Dude, so that's cool. cool. I had no idea Astro was that yep. advanced. It's cool. There's we only have one set now that the whole district uses, but they get some pretty good use. And kids can like you take it. them to Mars. Yep, oh, take them to Mars. That's cool. Yeah, Man. kids love it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Now that stuff should be what's being broadcast. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 Holy cow. Yep. You know, you all figured you were doing math with slide rules and abacus <laughs> yeah. and that kind of thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I mean, the downside to that, though, you know, are we are we going to be teaching something like you know ecology by not taking our kids out into the woods and right. showing them a plant, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know, have them in this cement cube and they're wearing a headset and all they can do is see it; they can't touch it or right. feel yeah. it or getting right. plugged into the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Spooky. Yeah, maybe next. I do time think we can... people will. I mean, people still. There's still humanity, right? Like, I mean, even with all our gadgets and stuff, people still go to the football game, right, or whatever. Yeah. Or they go outside because they plant nerds or mm-hmm. whatever. Plant nerds. Yeah. So. Is your wife after you, Kyle? Yeah, oh, I sent me a... <laughs> Kelly, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I left the bologna out. Didn't put it back in the fridge, Ooh. so... Whoops. Well, now she has to throw it away. Yep. Does that stuff go bad, though? To because yeah. it's, it's so preserved. Yeah, yeah it's just It'll salt and byproducts. Pretty much. <laughs> 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 yep. Spam of a different... Salt and, like, eyeballs. Yeah. Liquefied eyeballs. Slime. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, it was fun.